Welcome into another edition of Mind on My Money podcast presented by Pinnacle Trust. I'm Neil McCready, Martin Palomo with me today as well. As always, we will talk about uh, booming economy news. Every time I get up each morning, uh, I have a notification from the Wall Street Journal, is usually who it's from, with uh, strong economic news. Uh, markets, Dow Jones, uh, unemployment, everything. Everything uh, booming, a far cry from where we were a year ago today. Uh, by the way, it's April the 15th as we record this, so uh, happy halfway through uh, April to all of you. We'll uh, get to the show in just a second. First, I want to tell you I'm coming to you from the Clark Ford Studios. Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900. Call that number, ask for Corey Clark, and tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He will send you a quote within business hours right to the bottom line. No hassle, no haggle. Even if you're not necessarily in the market for a Ford, do yourself a favor and give Corey a call. Get a quote. You'll get an idea of what the car market looks like because it is different right now than it was two years ago because of the pandemic, because of uh, manufacturing centers got shut down. There's, there's not a glut of new vehicles. You can get more for a used vehicle. The market is, is adjusting. It's, um, it's it's a different market, so get 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 a little advice. Make sure that uh, you don't get swindled out there on the car market and end up with a deal that isn't a good deal. Uh, with that said, Martin, before we get started, tell the people about Pinnacle Trust and how they can get in touch with you all. Yeah, <clears throat> I'm glad to be back on solo today. Um, uh, man, one of the things I'm a, I guess I'll talk a little bit about. We're going through some some uh, some transitions here at Pinnacle, which are exciting. And, and it's already kind of started rolling out. Most of our clients have, um, you know, have either heard from us or will be hearing from us. And I know a lot of our clients listen here, but, um, you know, a lot of our folks, they're not clients, don't. But one of the things we're doing is uh, changing our custodian uh, from SEI to Charles Schwab. So it's kind of like, you know, what you were talking about with the with your vehicles at Clark Ford, it's, man, we're trading in our used vehicle and uh, we're getting a brand new vehicle with all the bells and whistles. And uh, one of the things I'm really excited about, too, is the tech stack that I'll be able to put, um, you know, into play for our clients. The reporting piece is going to be so robust. But, man, we're going to have an app and it's going to be a pinnacle app. You can download you'll be able to download it in the app store um, and, you know, whether it's Google Play or, or the Apple App Store. So, man, a lot of really exciting things going on here um, more to be revealed and rolling out, you know, through the summertime, we've got some teaser videos going out too, that will, that will wrap up at month end for, you know, for a big announcement. Um, you know, we're not selling, we're not merging, nothing like that, but, uh, man, we're just trading in our old truck for a, for a new, for a new Clark F-150. Um, but anyway, man, if, uh, if folks have been doing it on their own over the last few years and they, you know, just want someone like, like Corey to, to give them some advice or suggestions and may say, Hey man, that looks good. You don't need to change anything. Keep doing what you're doing. Uh, give us a call 601-957-0323. Uh, you can look us up on Facebook as well, either at the pinnacle, the pinnacle page or the mind on my money page. And, uh, we'll also get back to you. Or if you prefer to email us, it's info at P I N N trust.com. Let's rock and roll, man. So let's do it. So every day I wake up, and like I said, it's more positive news. I mean, it's uh, unemployment's down. Um, yep. Job, you know, uh, just everything. Every single metric is 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 a positive thing. Um, 
if you spend any time on social media, which is another story for another day, you would think everything is super negative, that the world is burning down, that, that uh, it, it's all, and, and maybe it is, maybe two things can exist at once. What do you make of just the overall positive nature of, of the economy right now? Yeah, well, you know, one of the things, and, let's, and we'll dive into to a few things that will help make sense about why, you know, markets are booming and the economy's booming, but um, one of, you know, we have a couple of rules that we follow uh, for our investment philosophies. And, you know, one of them is don't fight the Fed. So if the Federal Reserve is making interest rate policy accommodative, meaning that like interest rates are low, when interest rates are, rates are low, that's really good for stocks long term. So, you know, uh, if, whether you like Jay Powell or not, I'm not here to argue that, but that man has done everything that he says he's going to do, you know. And he has said that he is not raising rates for at least the next year, but probably till 2023. And that just sets up really well for stocks to have a very good run. Reason being, too, is, you know, if you're looking at, let's say you got $100,000, Neil, and you're like, hey, I'm going to buy, you know, a 10-year bond at 1.5%, and I'm locked in for 10 years because what's going to happen is interest rates are going to rise during that 10 year period. And you're not selling that bond because when interest rates go up, the price of that bond goes down. So you're holding on to that thing for 10 years until you get your money back at the very end. So it becomes an illiquid investment, right? Your money's locked up unless you're going to sell it at a loss. Or if you were just, just said, Hey, I'm just going to simply invest my money into an S and P 500 index. And I'm going to get a, 2% 2% dividend, right? So you're getting more income from the the index, plus you have the ability to grow. It forces people into situations of, you know, if you're not getting income from bonds, you got to get it from somewhere. You know, and there are a lot of companies that pay really, really good dividends. Like AT&T pays, you know, a 6% dividend. The A lot of the energy companies, you know, the Exxons, the Conocos, the Chevrons, they pay attractive dividends, uh, you know, there's there's stocks out there that you can get income out of it, plus have the potential for, you know, an appreciation. So if you have a diversified stock portfolio and you have some income generating stocks, you know, it's just a it's a no brainer of where you move your money. So that's our first rule. Right. Don't fight the Fed. Second one is that the trend is your friend. So if the trend is positive, meaning that the markets are moving in an upward direction, then you just keep you stay on the train until it changes. Right. Likewise, you know, the flip side, if the market's moving, you know, in a downward uh, direction, then the trend, that trend is likely going to continue. So, uh, and then the third one is kind of like, you know, at some point those break up, those decouple and break. And usually it's when there's extremes, um, you know, like people paying ridiculous prices for stocks, ridiculous prices for bonds. And that was, we were kind of getting there right before the recession, um, you know, last year, and we're going to call it a recession because it was, it was the shortest recession in history. And it was pretty, I mean, it was, it, it was a deep one. It went, it was, it was deep, but it was fast. So I said all of that to say, you know, the reason that things are looking so good right now is because this time last year, you know, think about what, what were you doing? And I know the answer to it, but like, what were you doing this time last year, Neil? Who April the 15th last year. Um, yeah. You weren't at a baseball game. 
No, I was at home. Uh, I was I was trying to figure out how to stay in business. I was trying to uh, deal with one child and maybe two who were starting to go into states of, of some type of depression. I was battling how we can figure out Wi-Fi where I can work and they can do. I mean, there was there was nothing there was nothing productive. The only productive part of the day was that I mean, I think the only happy creatures in our house, April the fifteenth, twenty twenty. Or like your dogs? Or our two dogs, because everybody was home, and they were getting walked three times That's, a day. Well, so, I mean, and and, and we were, I, I, and I did, I did that intentionally as well. It was like, the only places you were really spending money were, like, at the grocery store. The liquor store. Right. The liquor store, Martin. I was spending a lot of money at the liquor store. Yeah. Touche. Touche. <laughs> or the grocery store, or if you were trying to help your restaurant friends out, you were, you know, picking up go food just to try to help them yeah. stay in right? You weren't, you weren't going to ball games. No. You know, you weren't traveling. Our, our summer vacations were totally canceled, not because I didn't want to take them because I wanted to go. Uh, but the state of Hawaii and Delta airlines and Hilton, uh, founded, found it, uh, they, they disagreed with me and that I should go take my vacation. Um, so huge family vacation we'd been saving for didn't happen. Uh, you know, people just didn't spend money. Uh, other than at like Home Depot or Lowe's and the grocery store, right? So, and we had these conversations, you know, leading up to, uh, you know, leading up to where we are today saying, man, there is so much pent up demand that when we start having some normalcy, it's going to be like the floodgates are not going to be able to keep this demand back. And that's kind of what you saw this morning in retail numbers. You know, retail numbers were like 50% higher than what even expectations were it's because people are, are moving again. People are spending money. And, and in the, and, and in Mississippi, uh, well, I'll just say for us, you know, we started moving long before now, but man, there are other parts of the States or other parts of the U S that they have been in their home for a year. And, and, and I, and I don't even want to talk about the, the mental health effects yet about all that. Well, that's a whole other show that we could talk about, but, you know, they've been in home for at home for a year and these people are are coming. They're co- becoming a, alive again. And a lot of these folks have collected three stimulus checks, you know, now that uh, that's, you know, money is seeping into the economy. The government is pumping money, you know, into the economy. It's like, you know, having a fire hose to the mouth of the economy and they just turned it on. And and um, so anyway, those things are positive. Um, you know, we did have a pretty deep recession last year, two consecutive quarters. And the thing that no one knew was how bad was it going to be, right? There were all of these estimates, but now on the backside of it, we're starting to see that, you know, earnings, we're in earnings season right now too. That's another reason that the markets have done well, because there a lot of these companies are beating analyst estimates pretty significantly. And so that just creates more confidence, right? And that's really at the end of the day, the markets are really a measure of people's confidence in the economy because there's some things that just get real screwy with valuations, but it's really about confidence. And it looks like America and the rest of the world. It's kind of like, Hey, screw this coronavirus stuff. We're getting back to normal and we haven't been buying for the last year. So we're, you know, it's, it's game on now and we're back to moving and doing things. I mean, Dude, like from my birthday was last weekend and for my birthday, Gia, my seven year old, we wanted to go to the movies and we haven't been to the movies in a year. And that used to be something that we did, you know, once a month, sometimes twice a month. 
Um, you know, and so it's just normal. It's things are whatever normalcy looks like it's, it's, it's happening. And there's all that pent up demand is, is being released. So what does it mean when you see the numbers that are out there today? Like I'm, I'm, I had pulled up my wall street journal app and to be honest, I got blown up with, uh, some of the Chauvin trial stuff blew up on, on the app. So it pushed things around. Um, Derek Chauvin's not going to testify in his, uh, in his trial, which appears to be coming to a conclusion here pretty soon. Uh, here's some headlines from wall street journal, March retail sales surged on stimulus vaccine. Um, let's see stocks rise on strong earnings. Economic data is another one. Um, Delta reports loss, but says demand is rising, referring to Delta Airlines. Um, Looking to see if there's anything else that just sticks out as as the headlines that kind of caught my attention. We'll we'll, we'll stay there. Um, is, is Is the biggest, man. I mean, it was up almost 10%. And of course, oh, U.S. housing market nearly four million homes short of demand. I mean, the housing market is crazy right now. Yeah, man. And I and I know we talked about that on a show previously. And if I haven't ever been one of those guys that's like, hey, I I want to go live with my parents, and my mom lives with me, so you know, going and living with my mom is that's not an option. But man, if I could sell my house and move in with <laughs> move in with my parents until housing prices come back down, that it's like now is a prime time to sell. Uh, I just don't want to be buying right now. I mean, and interest rates are super super low, and that's another thing pushing. That's what's pushing housing, man. Folks can afford more home because they, you know, it's a it's a lower payment. Oh, Lauren, I talked, I told her yesterday, I was seeing some of the price per square foot that people are getting on the market in Oxford. And I said, you know, if we didn't have a son getting ready to start high school, if we didn't have a son right now with, you know, Carson's a happy kid. He's trying out for basketball. If that doesn't work out, he's going to try out for soccer. He's probably going to, he'll make one of those two teams. I would suspect he's got a lot of friends. He's a happy kid. You know, we're not going to do something crazy now for no reason. But I was like, if we didn't have a kid here, I'd sell and go to like Water Valley right now and just count the money for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Or, I mean, dude, sell and take a nice trip and, you know, maybe rent an RV or buy an RV and (laughs) go around the country and experience the country. And you're still going to have money left over when when you get back. Or, Shoot, man, maybe we'd go uh, buy like those little container houses and uh, you just go buy land out in the middle of nowhere and get you a little container house or a little, what are the, what do they call the um, tiny homes? There you go. Yeah, it's a thought. Just you and Laura, but, but, uh, but yeah, man, but it, you know, the, one of the things with the economy too is, you know, people, I think people have also forgotten that going into uh, the coronavirus recession, and it was an event-driven recession, which is also why it wasn't such a long, it was not a fundamental, you know, breakdown in the economy. It was event-driven. It was a shock, a shock recession. And coming into that shock, I mean, the American consumer 
was the strongest that it has ever been. And all the stimulus that got pumped in, if you look at the average American consumer, you know, their balance sheets didn't go backwards. They didn't take on more debt. A lot of people are actually in a stronger position now than they were, you know, coming into coronavirus. You know, and I know a lot of people, you know, lost work and lost their jobs. And man, the government really pumped a ton of money into the unemployment stuff. And it's even crazy, like, and I'm sure you see it. I see it on, you know, on my on my Facebook pages where um, restaurants are temporarily closing down because people won't work. Not because jobs aren't there, but people are making more money in unemployment or they got, you know, stimmy checks and, uh, you know, that, that are two and three months worth of, of income from a, you know, from a restaurant and they're just not, they're not working. And so restaurants are saying, you know, Hey, we have to, we don't have people to, we don't have front of the house or back of the house people. Uh, it's crazy, man. It is absolutely crazy. So the other thing I was going to ask you about is you, you see this popping up a lot about, and we, you and I have talked about, um, I guess, cryptocurrency some. Uh, Dogecoin was a big topic of, of conversation. Um, yep. The last couple of days I've seen, you know, people talk Dogecoin to the moon and all this stuff. And I know we don't have the time to explain exactly what all of this is right now, but if if you're wanting a diversified portfolio, if you're yep. someone who's you know in his or her forties or whatever, and you've got plenty of time, ideally, hopefully, yep, before you you dip into your retirement, how much, um, how much presence do you want in the cryptocurrency market today? Yeah, uh, that's a really good question, and it's it's something. Do you remember when we had Marcos on? Oh yeah, sure, of course. So, and it's funny, man, because we had him on. He 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 was on um, New Year's Eve. It published New Year's Day, and you know, Bitcoin. We were we were actually talking on the show. And Bitcoin at that point was trading. Um, I, I think it was just below thirty thousand, uh, and and it's doubled in you know four and a half months, which is just it's crazy, and it's volatile. So, like, don't get me wrong; it is not a you know, it's, it's gotta be, you gotta, you gotta be willing to stomach the fluctuation with crypto, but man, I I think crypto is here to stay. I think, uh, the institutions have adopted it and really, you know, Elon Musk is just a wild man and I love him. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't want to work for him, but I absolutely love him. And, you know, he just does, he puts stakes in the ground and, um, you know, and people think, people think he's crazy, but you know, everything that he's really touched has really been successful. I mean, even if you started his very first company was PayPal, you know, and a lot of people don't realize that, that that was him. That was Elon Musk. PayPal was him. And then, you know, he sold that business and, you know, uh, and took a lot of that money and funded Tesla, you know, funded a solar, a solar, uh, solar city is the company that he, uh, also funded. Uh, and then, you know, SpaceX, um, you know, he's, he's been funding with this, with that. And, and when he came and said, Hey, you know, we're going to buy a bunch of Bitcoin or we've bought a bunch of Bitcoin and you can buy a Tesla with Bitcoin. That's when I, th- I really think that is when it got real. Cause people are like, okay, um, 
I can actually take this quote unquote fake money and turn it back into real money uh, or take this fake money and buy something that's, that's real. And, you know, this morning, um, I don't listen to a ton of news, but I do listen to, to CNBC and Squawk Box on the way in, just cause I get good little, I get good little nuggets of, of data. And Jim Cramer was talking about how, uh, just recent, well, he had bought, he had bought Bitcoin at 12,000. So this was, you know, sometime last year, he bought a bunch of Bitcoin at 12,000 and he sold half of his Bitcoin recently and paid off his mortgage. So, you know, it's, this is, this stuff is just like investing in the stocks and people like, Oh, well, you can't touch it. You can't feel it. Well, I mean, you can't really touch your stocks and feel them either. You can go, Oh yeah. You know, they are a, you know, it's a company that has earnings and you can kind of give evaluation ideas based off of earnings. And I, and you can go, okay, yeah, there's some, there's, there's a, there's a way to, to, uh, you know, to get to, uh, you know, uh, the value of, uh, you know, of the stock. But at the end of the day too, it's really a lot about just look at GameStop. It's a lot about people's confidence and things like that. But, you know, the closest comparison for crypto is really, is kind of gold. And, you know, gold, you have a, you can have a physical bar, right? But you can't walk into Kroger or your liquor store and pay for your groceries or your, you know, or your Woodford Reserve or whatever your drink of choice is with a gold bar or gold bullion. And I mean, in some, some liquor stores might accept that, but Kroger's definitely not going to accept you know, your gold coin or, or a gold bar. So, you know, the gold is only worth what someone's willing to pay for it. The thing that I think where crypto is here to stay too is, um, and what you just described, by the way, not to interrupt you, but what you just described is why I think people like me who I think I'm of average intelligence. I mean, I'm not a genius and I'm not an idiot. I'm somewhere in between the fact that I can't go as you said, to to Kroger or to a car dealership or, you know, I need to buy a, I need to buy a suit, right? I need, I need, I need to buy a new suit. It's been, it's been a few years. My daughter's graduating. I got stuff going on. I probably need a new suit to look decent or whatnot for pictures and things. I can't go to the Rogue there in Jackson and pay with Bitcoin. And well, so, therefore, I don't completely understand it. Yeah, and some places you can, man. There are more people that are adopting. Like, this is kind of silliness, and I would never. And I have, I have, I have some Bitcoin. I started investing in personally, um, and I don't have a lot. So, like, don't don't let me. You know, I'm not Jim Cramer. I didn't buy it at twelve thousand. You know, uh, that's that was not that's not my story. But like the other day, I ordered, I ordered lunch. This was uh, what did I say? It was Monday. I ordered lunch for me, um, and three other folks in the office. And of course, we were all Dutch. Everyone's paying, but I'm online, and it was a it's a Thai restaurant that's here in Madison, uh, Fusion, by the way. Shameless plug: they're the best Thai food in Madison. Um, <clears throat> and I was ordering online, and it gave me an option to pay in Bitcoin. It did. I was like, oh my gosh, you know. And it's you're starting to see Bitcoin ATMs pop up. So Neil, I do think that eventually there are going to be more folks that accept it as a form of payment. And that's what I was talking about, the institutional adoption of cryptocurrency. And then we're not there yet. We are, this is like, I think if we can, I'm going to steal Marcus's analogy. We're like in the 1995 of 
the of the tech industry when it comes to cryptocurrency. So it's kind of curious, right? People are kind of curious about it. Like, you know, I don't know about this internet thing. You know, how is it going to change our lives? You know, and then you go 25 years later and the internet is like, I don't know how life would exist without it. Right. And I'm not saying crypto will get to that point where life can't exist without it, but it's made a very compelling run. And, you know, one of the other things that a lot of the really uh, intelligent crypto enthusiasts talk about is, is an, is a medium of exchange globally. Right. So if you lived in, you know, um, oh gosh, Zimbabwe or Venezuela, and there was hyper, hyper inflation with your, you know, with your currency, um, you know, where essentially your currency becomes worthless. If you own some Bitcoin, you have a means of, of transferring value from one person to another. Uh, you know, and I really think places like India are probably the biggest opportunity for cryptocurrency to really catch on fire and, and go and go wild because a lot of the folks in India are unbanked, but they have cell phones, right? And that's where like my wallet, my crypto wallet is on my cell phone. And, you know, if I wanted to, if you had a, a wallet and I have a wallet and I wanted to transfer you Bitcoin, Neil, I could transfer it. I could transfer it to you through my phone. So it's a means of payment and it's kind of like a, you know, decentralized. There's no government that controls it or pegs it. It's just based on the confidence of me and you saying, hey, Bitcoin has value. But hell, the U.S. dollar is is essentially the same thing right now. There's nothing that backs the U.S. dollar except for the tax powering, you know, ability of the United States government. So it is, uh, it's, it'll be interesting to see where it goes. And then Coinbase, which is, you know, it's really an exchange, but it's the, it's, you know, probably the most utilized um, crypto exchange and wallet. And it's, uh, you know, in the industry right now, it just went public yesterday. And, you know, there will be a lot of buzz uh, about it. I think early adopters to, you know, folks who buy Coinbase early, if they can hold on to it, uh, you know, and, you know, I don't know if it'll take a couple of years, but years down the road are going to be very happy with, you know, their initial investments, just like if you bought Tesla or Facebook or Twitter, you know, at its IPO, you had a little bit of pain on the front end, but long term, you made a fortune. It's uh, I just talked a whole lot. No, no, no. It's it's really I find it fascinating because I I know yeah. the the nineteen ninety five thing. When you say that, it is it it resonates with me. I remember I was, I guess it wasn't ninety five, but it was ninety three. Right, it was it was maybe ninety ninety two. I remember I was in graduate school. I make a lot of graduate school jokes, but the truth is, I learned a lot in graduate school because it was an interesting time in our country. And it was like ninety late ninety two ninety three, and I had a this pre internet, and I had a professor in one of my communications classes who talked a lot about the internet. It was going to change the world, and this was at a time when. It wasn't it wasn't aliens living on Mars, but it was close to that. You know, it was like, eh, I don't know, man. I mean, you you know, I was still going to the library and using the Dewey Decimal system. Well, there's no doubt. I mean, I, my dad had a word processor that I could use. 
that I mean, my dad was like, "This is the coolest thing ever," and it really was at the time. Yeah. You know, because yeah. he had my my father has a doctorate in uh, English, and so you can imagine how many papers he's written on a typewriter. Sure. Where if you make a mistake, you had to go back with liquid paper and fix it, yeah. and you, right? I mean, yep. and so yeah, you know, for for him, he was born in 1942, and and so for him. Yeah, I, I can only imagine when a word processor where you could go back, just think Microsoft Word or whatever, where you could yeah. go back and, 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 and fix sure. right there on the screen before you print it. I mean, my God, it was probably I'm, orgasmic. Can you imagine? I mean, the, you know, the first time you, you, that someone who was born in 1942 saw something like that. And I mean, I remember getting to use it and thinking, this is awesome. Because, yeah. I mean, you know, we would go type papers. Dude, um, I mean, like I, I, I got excited about Oregon Trail on a floppy, you know, that were in our classrooms. And yeah, I mean, the comp- computer revolutionized the world, but it's now we look, if, if, if you put something in front of me that had like the, those old school Macs with the Oregon trail <laughs> floppy on it, you're like, dude, what the hell is this thing? Does it even, it can't even process. But yeah. Yeah. So I remember him saying that. And, and the more that he said it, the more I was like, man, you know, this guy's pretty sane. It's one of the smarter people that, that I've dealt with here. And, this is pretty interesting, and so you 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 go back, and I can't remember his name, but I go back and think, yeah, he was right, uh, big time. And so here we are, right, 30, 40, 30 years later. Yeah, thirty yeah. years later, and so when you say, yeah, Bitcoin's kind of in the nineteen ninety five stage, I'm like, whoa. So thirty years from now, yeah, you know, my, my kids are going to be. So here's Maybe my question: Will they be doing Bitcoin more than they are the the, the dollar? Maybe, you know, and that's what I don't know. And so like one of the things Marcos talked about too is, and there's a lot of coins out there. So if you ever check out Coinbase, which is the company that just went public yesterday. Um, so it's, it's a direct way to be able to buy stock in a company that is a hundred percent in the crypto business. Like it's not a derivative. So a lot of people would, you know, were buying Square or PayPal to be able to have a play on crypto, but it was really a derivative of direct crypto exposure. But if you look in Coinbase, like the, all of the different coins that you can buy, um, I mean, there's, there's, you know, there's, there's tens of them, you know, I don't know if it's 30 or 40 different coins. Dogecoin is not one of them. I think you can only buy that on Robinhood, And, you know, and that, that started off as a, as a joke. Um, and, and it's just taken off and, and it's, and it's kind of a meme, you know, it's one of those meme plays. Uh, and I have some buddies that have months and months and months have been doing the, you know, Doja coin to the moon and with the little dog face on there or whatever. And, and, uh, you know, and I, I was like, uh, that's good. I'm happy for you guys. Um, I'm not really into speculation, although, you know, kind of crypto is a, is a long-term is a long-term bet, but there's going to be just like with the tech stuff, man, there's going to be like, just like there were tech companies that were, you know, that were big in the late nineties and they don't exist today. That's going to happen in the crypto space as well. You know, and Bitcoin is just kind of was one of the first and it has, um, you know, scarcity to it. The, it's not unlimited amount of coins that'll be in circulation. So there's a little bit of, uh, you know, with scarcity in there, there's the opportunity long-term for price to continue to rise because once demand is our supply is fixed, right? Then, and the demand is there or increasing, then that just means the price is, you know, is going to rise long term. And then if you look at like Ethereum, 
the play on Ethereum is really not about the Ethercoin. It's about the blockchain technology for, you know, um, for, for the Ethercoin and, and where you can have coins that are coded to be able to only buy certain things. So it, it, it decreases like the, the ability to get hacked or, you know, your stuff gets stolen or, and I don't know where that technology will lead to, but it is really fascinating. And, you know, some of these, some of these names are going to be around for a long time and some of these names will not exist, you know, and how, you know, I don't know that Dogecoin is, is going to exist in 10 years. It might, I don't know. And Bitcoin may not exist in 10 years, but, um, I think it has the, the greatest chance, uh, you know, of, of being, of being around and, you know, places like Coinbase give you a really secure, or uh, firms like Coinbase give you a secure way of owning, uh, you know, your crypto if you're wanting to exchange it, um, you know, or trade it. And there'll, there'll be funds that come out eventually where, you know, where you can buy, uh, you know, a crypto type fund where you have diversification. But right now it's not there. It's really not unless you're doing a private, um, a private fund, which those are available. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things I've got to I've got to force myself to start edu- educating myself to understand that if not for me, so that I can help my kids when it comes up with them because it's going to be a big part of their lives and and it, that's becoming obvious. Yeah, I think so too, man. I think uh, you know, in 2017, I was not sold on crypto, and I even wrote a blog at Pinnacle, and it's out there, and I'll eat my words now. Um, that, you know, that it was a fad, that it was not going to be here long-term. I didn't understand it. I didn't understand the adoption of it. Um, and, and it had no institutional, um, you know, stickiness or tracking at all. And if institutions don't adopt it, I just, it's really hard for me to see how that's going to be around long-term. But what happened was Elon Musk blew the institutional adoption out of the water and, and now, you know, and, and he wasn't the first, I mean, you know, uh, Jack Dorsey was doing it, uh, had adopted it. Uh, Elon Musk just really took it to, you know, he moved the, the baton and he moved the, the, uh, the, the mission for crypto, you know, I guess into the end zone. Uh, anything else you want to touch on today? We, we, uh, we we had one of those shows where we sort of went all over the place. We had a pre sh- we had a pre show that had we recorded the pre show would be we, we'd have a pretty explosive little program right now. But we we, we talked about pre show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so ADD, man. Well, I'm I'm I'm, I'm getting there too. I, I I never used to be ADD, and I'm I'm kind of uh, I think I'm starting to get some of it. So many distractions that it's hard to not have your attention, you know, go all over the place. Uh, I mean, I'm really impressed with the with the people who can hold and focus on one task, you know, all day long. That's just. I am surprised, honestly, that the markets don't appear to be paying any attention to. Um, here we we're about to what what appears to be another summer of civil unrest. Um, the markets just don't seem to care. You know, and we talked about that last time when this happened, though. The markets really don't get into the business of riots and civil unrest. Um, you know, they're really, I mean, they'll, they just, that doesn't really have an impact in the, in the markets. And historically, it hasn't either. And, and that may change one day, but yeah, that's markets. The markets just, 
don't let that to be seem to be an impact. They're focused on the money. Focused on the money. <laughs> Politics. So um, money and policy, I should say. We'll come back next week. We'll have another uh, episode of Mind on My Money. We uh, we hadn't talked about just some, kind of some current event stuff in a while. We might touch on some of that stuff next week. The um, defense has rested in the Derek Chauvin trial over the uh, the death of George Floyd. Uh, so that is, if I've been I've been following the trial very closely. I, I uh, I'm fascinated by trials. People ask me all the time. You know, if you couldn't be a journalist. What would you do if you could go over and do and do a do over? And the answer is, if I had a do over, I would be an attorney. Um, trial attorneys, to me, trials are fascinating, and this one has has not has not been disappointing either. Um, I think the judge is going to give the jury tomorrow off, and then I think they're going to have closing arguments starting Monday. And I think this thing's going to be in the hands of the jury by Tuesday of next week, and um, who knows, right? But yep. it will be. Interesting to see. Uh, so we could be it, we could be doing this the day of the of of the verdict. Yeah. So well, and who we talk about current events and and I know there's another one in Greater Minneapolis that'll be right on the heels of this one. Yeah, it's it's coming. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk, we might we might just do a current event show. It might be time for us to just kind of talk about stuff that's going on in the world because what's going on in the world typically does impact what goes on in your wallet with jobs and such. So. We'll come back and we'll do that again next week. Um, Martin, thanks for the time as always. Absolutely. Appreciate you, Neil. That's Martin Palomo with Pinnacle Trust. Don't forget, we're brought to you by Pinnacle Trust. It's pintrust.com, P-I-N-N trust.com. Mention that you heard about Pinnacle Trust on this podcast or any of the MPW Digital Network of Podcasts. You'll get 10% off your first year's fees. Until next time, have a great weekend. Take care.